This episode of Raging Centrist. Russia turns off the gas to Poland and Bulgaria, and Trevor Reed is exchanged for Yaroshenko, a Russian drug runner. What the implications of this exchange are, why it matters. Also, of course, a whole bunch of other things. The Supreme Court leaked draft opinion affecting abortion, the showdown of the steel factory in Ukraine, and inflation, 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 and money to Ukraine. I don't know how much of this I'm going to get to, but these are just some of the topics off the top of my head. I'm your host, Ed Gatens. Join me as we fall back to the key, hold the center, and guard against the predations of the far right and the radical left. This is Raging Centrist. I want to start with Trevor Reed, because he was exchanged for Yaroshenko, a Russian drug runner, and I think this is pretty important. So here's some of the backstory. He's dating um, this uh, woman who likes to be called Lena. That's that's her her go by name, but her real name is Alina Trisbulnik. Yes, and that was me slaughtering her name. Thank you. Um, so in 2019. He goes with his girlfriend, Lena, to a law office party. She works for a law office in Moscow. He was studying a foreign language, and he got into a drunken brawl or altercation where the police were called, where he was accused of engaging those police officers. And uh, it was also described as him possibly being drugged. That's in an article by the the Heavy. Um, So there's... I'll put down a bunch of links, but essentially he gets arrested and it's drunkenly, it goes quickly from drunkenly disorderly conduct to they figure out that this fella worked at the White House, he's in the United States military, and suddenly the charges become much more serious from a Russian perspective. So then he gets sentenced. Nine years? Nine years for engaging with police? I mean, come on now. So they go to a trial, which is pretty much a farce. Um, Alina, at at the end of the trial, really upset about this. And, you know, at first I was thinking, hey, maybe this is like a honeypot, you know? She's, she's uh, you know, Russian. This could have been mastermind. But they had been dating since 2016. So I think, you know, there's... In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a real genuine interest on her part, um, and she stuck with him during his internment. Now, also during his internment, he gets COVID. He also gets tuberculosis. Apparently, he spends approximately a year in solitary before being moved to a labor camp where they essentially psychologically torture him by, you know, getting him up every hour, you know, not letting him sleep, and he gets sick, his health gets run down, and... The real story is, is that they found out that this is a possible bargaining chip. Russia's using him as a bargaining chip since 2019 and sitting on this bargaining chip. Then, who do they bargain him for? You know, a Russian KGB operative, some somebody high in their government? No, they bargain him for Yaroshenko, a Russian drug runner that was taken in 2010. Um, so, I mean, that just kind of speaks volumes like, oh, well, why would you bargain for a Russian drug runner? Well, that's because he was there trying to push cocaine into the United States. 
I mean, come on, this, this is pretty see-through here. Um, you know, hindsight is 2020. When they got Yaroshenko in 2010, it could have been one of those things like, hey, we think we have an asset, an actual Russian asset that's working to demoralize the de and push the decay of the fabric of American society. But instead, you know, they, they can't really verify that. So they, they you know, he's, he's there. But then once he's released and traded for Trevor Reed, who's by all accounts, a fine, upstanding young man and a part of our military service, then it's kind of confirmed that, yeah, this, this guy was important to Russia and important because he was working toward the demise of America. Um, so just pretty interesting there. Um, so Russia turning off the gas to Poland and Bulgaria, this was going to happen eventually anyway, but the timetable that they used, and this is, this is going just, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, really sped up the timetable and has put those countries, uh, on the back foot, but not flat footed. So they have other plans in there to get the resources that they need for their people. And it's also sped up a timetable to get off of Russian gas. But it also speaks volumes for Russia's independence economically. You know, they would not have shut off that gas if they said, we can't fund our war operations without this money. They just wouldn't have done that. So what it really says is, we have the money coming in from other sources. We have dealt with sanctions for so long that we have appropriated for this in our vision of this conflict at a previous date. And what that really indicates is that they're prepared for deeper sanctions and they're prepared to possibly shut the gas off to other NATO allies and other Western European countries. So, interesting stuff. Now, the Supreme Court leaked draft opinion affecting abortion. This is a really complicated one. It has absolutely dominated the news, and there are now protests bordering on riots in several major American cities at this time. And I find it kind of interesting that the worst of these are happening in states that will keep abortion legal. Um, you know, there's there's a lot happening, especially in California, where it's really going to be an abortion sanctuary. Um, however, there are trigger laws in multiple states that if this goes through and Roe versus Wade is overturned, that those trigger laws will go into effect, essentially banning abortion right away, right from the day the decision is made. Now, I'm not going to get into whether I think the law is good, bad, or indifferent. That's You don't really care what I think, I'm sure. Everyone has an opinion about this, but I would say that this is now going to be a state issue, and what this is really going to do is it's going to deepen that divide in America. That's the way I'm seeing it as a centrist, is it's deepening the divide so that if a blue state wants to uphold the legality of abortion and a red state wants to condemn and ban abortion— you're going to see people within the United States, only those that are able, only those that are economically able, I might add, you know, 
moving from state to state to where their ideals are. And that's not healthy for a codified nation. And I think that this is really um, a soft civil war. Now, the leak, you know, did this did this happen by Republicans or Democrats? It's almost most assuredly a, a, a Democratic individual leaking this uh, because it, it, uh, it really kind of gins up the Democratic base. And also it will serve to foster higher numbers for Democratic voters for their candidates in the uh, midterms. So interesting stuff. Um, the showdown at the steel factory in Ukraine is still going. I mean, it's just still rocking and rolling. Uh, we've gotten a whole bunch of civilians out. There are still some civilians there. There are key military targets there for Russia from a Russian standpoint, and they're, they're not really letting up. Um, it's pretty ugly. The loss of life over there is bad and the displacement of people and also the humanitarian outcomes and the human trafficking that will ensue and go on for an indeterminable amount of time after this whole debacle is it's really disheartening because you know you don't whenever you have this kind of upheaval you're going to have people that get exploited and unfortunately it's going to be predominantly women it's not going to be exclusively women, but it's going to be predominantly women. And it's just, this is, this is really a step in the wrong direction, you know, from a human standpoint. Um, inflation. Well, what goes up must go up and up and up and up and away. And, uh, you know, th there was uh, some comedic jokes at the White House uh, secretary dinner and, um, you know, where they said, Hey, you know, everything's looking up for you, uh, in your first year, president Biden, you know, and housing is up and inflation is up and gas is up. And, and he chuckled, you know, maybe forcibly, you know, uh, because it, it doesn't, doesn't look good. Um, but that's, that's where we are. Uh, it's, um, it's, also ties into the next thing that I'd like to talk about briefly, which is the money to Ukraine. It's not just direct spending money, okay? It's not just the injections of money. Um, New York Times, you know, uh, puts out an article how to justify the, you know, the or how to look at the $13.6 billion um, in aid to Ukraine, not in direct aid, but in all these military assets. And that was on March 18th. Um, then another 1.3 billion, that's CNBC. And then we have 3 billion reported from USA Today. And then you have 800 million from NPR. And it's, it's such an exorbitant amount of money being channeled into Ukraine that, which has historically been rife with theft and corruption on many, 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 many levels. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money, and you'll never guess who's going to pay for it. Yeah, me, you, your, your family, 
your aunts and uncles and children and anybody who works and pays taxes in the United States is going to be paying for that for a long time. And it's just adding and adding and adding up. Now, should we be helping them? Yeah, I think we should, but I can't even get a straight number on how much money is there and going there and has been going there, not just in terms of direct money, but also in terms of humanitarian aid and military support and military assets. It's an awful lot of money. All right, thanks for letting me uh, talk to you. I'm your host, Ed Gatins. This is Raging Centrist. Join me next time for some more topics.